0: Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue, and welcome to this week's Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Are you ready for Loyola and Sister Gina on Saturday? We have the early game just after 6 p.m. from San Antonio, and the nightcap is another great matchup between Villanova and Kansas it just doesn't get any better than these three weeks in March. I'd say that even if we weren't in the Final Four, but we are, and whatever happens on Saturday night, it's been another great ride this season. Joining me in just a minute on our game day segment is a first time guest. Rachel Lindsay from Land of 10 will be with us to talk Final Four, Frozen Four, and just a bit of spring practice. First, a few news and notes to get us started. If you're a Michigan fan, it just does not get any better than this. We have a few days to let our fingernails grow back from last weekend, stock up on some cool beverages and pretzels, and get ready for what will no doubt be a nerve-wracking semifinal game with Loyola. I'd like to think the offense will come out and torch them like we did Texas A&M, but I think we're up against a red-hot, confident, well-coached team that fears no one right now. This is what it's all about, and I can't wait. Speaking of waiting, whatever happens this weekend, we'll have a few more days to recover, and then we have to be ready for the Frozen Four, which really looks like the Big Ten tournament with special guest Minnesota Duluth. We get Notre Dame on Thursday, and if we get past them, the winner of Ohio State Minnesota Duluth. Can you imagine a national championship game between us and that school down south? Man, that would be sweet. But first, we have to deal with a very good fighting Irish team lost in all of this commotion well sort of is the fact spring practice is underway for football but we'll have plenty of time in the coming weeks to talk about that and there is also a big 10 championship for women's gymnastics congratulations to coach plocky and the ladies for another great season so many great teams playing at such a high level on campus right now it truly is great to be a michigan wolverine right now i'm sure many of you are familiar with land of 10. it's a great site that covers us and the rest of the Big Ten. The app is great and it's one of my go-to stops every morning all year. They cover it all. On this week's Game Day segment, we're joined, for the first time, by Rachel Lenzi, who does a great job covering all things Michigan for Land of Ten. Like me, she hopes we appreciate what John Beline and his team have accomplished this year. It's been a great ride, and just flat-out fun to watch this team molded and pieced together by Coach B. Rachel Lindsay is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze and birth. Joining us this week on our game day segment to talk Michigan hoops, surprise, surprise, is Rachel Lindsay, who covers uh, the Wolverines for Land of Ten. It's great to have you on the show. First-time guest, Rachel. All
1: right. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, let's uh, get started with some hoops talk. It's uh, been quite a ride this year, as we all know, for anyone that follows Michigan basketball and a quite unexpected ride, I might add. You have watched this team all year. How surprised are you that they've made it to this point?
1: You know, honestly, I'm not surprised at this point. If you had asked me this, uh, you know, after they had lost to Purdue, uh, after they'd had that last-second win earlier in January against Maryland, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if this is a Final Four team uh, just yet. But this is a good example of I think they've got one of the top ten defenses in the country. Their outside outside shooters are superb, and if you look at, uh, you know, at – Saturday night's game against Florida State, their defense really kept Florida State's shooters and their height really off balance. You know, there was a point in that game where I thought, well, gosh, whoever's going to, you know, whoever scores first or next is going to win this game. It felt kind of like a hockey game in that (laughs) regard. But uh, Michigan's getting to the point where they're, getting hot at the right time they're getting contributions not only just from all the right people but if you look at the people who are you know coming off the bench i think of of john tesky who's really done a great job you know duncan robinson who was my vote for sixth man of the year in the land of 10 all big 10 team as well you see a very balanced effort very balanced contributions from this whole team and i think that speaks really really well to michigan and michigan also had the benefit of uh being in that west region there was a lot of (laughs) excuse me there was you know, a lot of kind of uproar that Michigan wasn't put in the uh, Detroit, you know, put in Little Caesars to open the tournament. But I remember looking at the bracket and thinking, you know, I think Michigan's got a better chance to make the run if they come out of Wichita. But nobody listened to me until they came out of Wichita and advanced to, you know, the 316 and the Elite Eight. I said, this might be a good thing. So uh, it's, it's really kind of a, a confluence of, of, of strong factors and benefits that have really helped Michigan. Make it this far. And that's not take away from things. They're a good team, you know. Morris Wagner. When he faltered, you saw, again, a lot of guys come off the bench, a lot of guys fill his role, and he really caught fire, you know, especially uh, against Texas A&M at a point where he really kind of broke out of that slump he's been in and really powered Michigan, not just offensively, but with his all-around game.
0: Well, that's the thing. When you look back on this season, we knew coming in uh, when the season started in late November, we had Mo Wagner, and everyone thought, hey, he's a first-round draft pick, so we have him, but mm, who else do we have? What will it amount to? uh when the tournament comes in March we really didn't know us so i think that's the fascinating thing about watching this team to this very minute to the final four Rachel uh, they do have Mo Wagner it's not as if he's looked like a first round draft pick in this tournament through the first four games but there are so many moving parts to this team it truly is a team effort right
1: I mean, if you look at what's what's happened with uh Charles, Charles Matthews he's you know, really kind of taken on taken on a really strong strong role. You know, he's he's stepped up just beautifully in the, in this tournament. I think he's really, you know, just improved his stock as a player as, as well. You know, Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman as as well. You know, those few guys that really really jump off to I meet mean, again, uh, like I said, you have John John Tuske, he's come in and a pinch, and obviously, you no know, Jordan Poole with that heave ho against Houston that yeah. helped win the game. I think again, I, I can't think of. I think that this just really, really speaks to the depth and the character of this program.
0: Well, I have to admit, I did not think a run in a tournament like this was in the cards for Michigan this year. But when I look back again at the season, and if I pick one game that made me think, okay, we might have something here, it was that win over Michigan State at the Breslin. To me, that was the turning point in this season. Was there a moment or a game for you when you thought, hey, this team might be better than I thought?
1: Yeah, I think it was after the loss uh, at North or at Northwestern, where, you know, Northwestern, they had nothing to lose at that point. And I said, well, you know, here's where Michigan, I think this is really going to be a a crossroads for them, if you, if you will, you know, they... I said, you know, they—it's not—they're not out of contention for the tournament. I think they were pretty much on their way, but they really want to solidify themselves and form their identity and start to make a big run. You know, they've got to—they can either use the Northwestern game as a springboard or kind of let it hold them back. And, and sure enough, Michigan uh, just just boomed from there. They—they they, the next game was against Wisconsin at the Kohl Center in Madison, which is a tough place to play and even more tough place to win. And of course, Wisconsin was down this season, but yeah, they they really just took control of that game and they've and they kinda of run from there. They that was the first game of the thirteen game winning streak that they uh enter the final four on as well. And I also think that the Maryland game that I had referenced earlier, it was uh, let me let's just stop January fifteenth when it looked like they were gonna lose to Maryland and they got kind of last second free throws on. Same thing, you know, a long a long pass where uh I can't remember who it was who got fouled. Uh, it just seems like so long ago. That was yeah, that was almost three months ago. Um that foul, you know, they hit the late free throws to, to steal that victory. It was kind of like, wow, you know, they really pulled that one out. You know, Purdue, the game against the the game before that against Purdue, where it was the same thing came down to a, it was the last second game. The officiating was questionable. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of things were going on in that game. I think those two games also told me a lot about Michigan. Like, you know, they can build on these finishes. They can, you know, they can really make a run here, you know, wherever that is.
0: Well, what's even more impressive, I think, to me and to a, a lot of uh, Michigan basketball fans is uh, how – this team made it to the final four now through the first 11 years of uh, coach john beeline's stay here defense was not something that we talked about a lot we well we did talk about it hoping it would be better uh but this year and especially in this tournament the offense has really only had one good day good game i should say against texas a&m defense is what's driving this team rachel
1: That's one thing you think about basketball, and you don't think a lot about about defense. Again, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big hockey fan. It's not like hockey where you know a shutout is a sign of a good game. You know, basketball is whoever scores the most wins. And but you know, if, if you look at defense, it's, it's more about it's more subtle tactical things. this team has to go to you know putting hand putting hands in the face of a three point shooter, or trying to find a way to keep a taller guy off balance while keeping you know while being smart while keep, keeping your feet on the ground and trying to stay planted and poised There's a lot that goes Goes into playing defense, and it's 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 more different to qualify and quantify that in basketball. You know, basically, you got to keep the team from scoring. You know, you got you got to keep a team scoring fewer points than you do. And Michigan's done a really really good job on that. Like I said, you know, they're they're I think you know eighth or ninth in the nation in total defense. When they went into the Florida State game, they I think they were giving up an average of maybe 63 points a game, which is it's it's pretty good in 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 basketball and that's one thing again you know we look at defense you can't look at the score sheet you have to look at tactical things that are done and Michigan's done a very a very good job of refining that as the season has gone
0: on absolutely it has and uh, we know this team can get on a roll offensively and to me that all starts with the point guard now we've talked about how many moving parts this team has and the one maybe superstar in uh, Mo Wagner. But to me, it's the quarterback, the guy that has his hands on the ball, and that's Xavier Simpson. Started the season, Rocky was put on the bench, came back, and aside from his free throws right now, well, really all season, he has really developed into the leader, hasn't he, Rachel?
1: Yeah, he's really come on strong. He looked a little shaky uh, against uh, against Florida State. I think I noticed a couple guys were hesitant to kind of pass him. He's a little thrown off by all that athleticism and whatnot. but again, he's you know through the course of the season he's 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 really come into his own as well. you know he's a smart guy. he's a strong guy. he's he's really really worked hard on his game. and you know a lot of him, you know he's he's definitely uh, a longer term guy. you know he's just older dude, shorter dude, you know, but he, you know, again, he he really, you know, finds a way to really get the defense, you know, get the offense started for Michigan and really, you know, call the shots. It's, uh, you know, yeah, he's done a really good job developing.
0: One of the things I did notice on on Saturday night is we all saw the threes weren't falling again. Really, the outside game wasn't working at all. When he mm-hmm. slowed that offensive do- offense down, got it into their sets, and he penetrated, that started to uh, to open things up. That's a part of his maturation process. I think we've seen from november to now when he does that he he realizes he can bring everyone into the game which is what you want your point guard to do
1: absolutely they have to have a really strong vision of the court and like you said they have to know where all the moving parts are as well That's a great comparison the point guard is like the quarterback he about he or she you know about you know have to take a quick look at the defense they have to to see where their teammates are they've got to make those quick decisions and they've got to you know everything comes back to them they're the ones who are you know the the heartbeat of the offense if you will.
0: With us here on our game day segment this week is Rachel Lindsay who covers Michigan for Land of Ten and of course we're talking about the final four this Saturday Rachel in the early game we get a matchup with really the sweethearts of the tournament Loyola and of course Sister Jean can't forget about Sister Jean what a story they are Rachel
1: Oh, exactly. Well, that's a great story. One thing I really like about this this year's tournament is that we're not seeing the blue bloods get to this point. You know, aside from uh, you know Kansas as well. You know, I remember all the Villanova teams and, and the 80s with Raleigh Massimino and whatnot. But uh, you know, Villanova Villanova has really made a great comeback. But you look at that, you know, the left side of the bracket, as I call it. You know, it's it's really refreshing to see you know a little school out of out of Chicago that. You know I, I think the most the, one of the most famous ones that I recognize is the actor who plays Stan Lee from The Office. I'm a big Office fan. Uh, <laughs> he's a loyal graduate. But I mean it's just a, it's such a great story for them to see that come up. See the small schools. I think about there's always a great story. Like in two thousand six there was, you know, George Mason that, that made the final four, you know, little state school out of Virginia. And when Wichita State made the final four five years ago, there's mid major conferences. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think that is great for college basketball as well to see again like Michigan, Loyal is a team that got strong, went on a run, it got a very, very Bright, you know, kind of under the radar coach as well, and I think you know, I I think it's a great story for college basketball and for the NCAA tournament as a whole. And I, one thing I'd like to see for the yeah, NCAA tournament is more teams like that. I mean, we have Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. That's that was you know pretty great. Florida State in the Elite Eight as well, a team that hadn't made it in 25 years, hadn't made the Final Four since the early 1970s. I would rather see that for the NCAA tournament. See those unusual teams, non-traditional teams, if you will, you know go far, reach the Elite Eight, reach the Final Four, as opposed to just, you know, having the Blue Bloods
0: in. No, absolutely, I agree, and it's been a, it's made it a great tournament to watch. And, of course, with this Loyola team, I thought it was interesting, after the game, Coach Beeline was saying he, he asked Coach Joklich, one of his assistant coaches, what he thought of Loyola, and he said Coach Yaklich thought about it for a minute, and he said, Coach, they're pretty much like us. They're pretty much a mirror image. Mm-hmm. They play tough D. They're a team that has plenty of shooters. They can go inside. They can go outside. Your thoughts on the matchup?
1: I, I like it. I, I, I really, really like it. I, I hope to see a close game. I think that's another thing I like about the NCAA tournament, um, and especially even Saturday night's game against Florida State. You you want to see this go down to the wire and make this an intense game. I, I like when there's suspense in the game, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to see what a smaller score like Loyola. I mean, I I will admit I haven't gotten to watch a lot of Loyola because I've been helping cover all these games with our team, with our team from Land of Ten. So I, you know, I I really, really hope that Loyola brings a challenge to Michigan. It could be, again, it would be great for the sport and great for both teams.
0: Well, I think they're going to bring a challenge. That's maybe the danger in this. I think for fans, maybe not so much for the team. Coach B is going to have the team ready, but as a fan, I can see a lot of people sitting back over the weekend saying, Loyola, okay, we're we're sort of rubber stamped into the national championship game now. But, you know, you watch that team play and you get the kind of vibes that these guys don't know. They're a little school from Chicago. They've beaten the big mm-hmm. boys and they have won some really pressure packed games. This is a game that Michigan's going to have to bring their A game or they're going home.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, if i looking at the bracket right now, what Loyola beat, uh, they beat Kansas State, which I was at Kentucky early, and then we They it. Be, they beat. Um, uh, you know they beat they beat Tennessee by by a point as, as well, and you know they beat Miami, Florida, and it came down to doing some late free throws in that that earlier round game. So uh, yeah, they have not had an easy road either to get to this point.
0: Well, in the other matchup on Saturday evening, you have Villanova versus Kansas, and they are two of the the blue bloods in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, your take on that game?
1: Uh, I'm uh, well. I will, I will admit, I. I live in a I live in a Kansas household. My my husband's at University of Kansas ah. right? So, uh, yeah, I'm a little biased on on that regard. You know, for the sake of my for the sake of my my husband's happiness, you know, I I am I'm rooting for Kansas. <laughs> but again, I I do like seeing Villanova back in the Final Four uh, again as well. But again, I do think Loyola Michigan is the more. Uh, intriguing matchup as well. Kansas, I, I watched the game yesterday against Duke. I loved the game in fact that it went down to the final miss. But I also think that was just one of Bill South's best coaching jobs this season. Kansas has been such an up-and-down team. I think they've lost to Oklahoma State twice. I think they've lost at Texas Tech as well. And the thing 12 was sort of a dogfight. It was in, it's amazing that they were able to come out and win the conference uh, yet again. It's almost like some people say, oh, oh I'm Kansas one the Big 12. I'm like, no, it's not an easy thing to do this year as well. And Villanova coming out of the the revamped uh, Big East, this is almost a, a throwback for them as well to get back into the Final Four yet again. But uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's the one I will definitely be watching as a fan.
0: Seems like a lot of folks in the media are pretty much crowning the winner of that game, Villanova, Kansas, as the uh, mm-hmm. the national champion. And, and they are two supremely talented teams there's no question about that but looking ahead always a dangerous thing to do but looking ahead if Michigan gets by Loyola how do you think they match up with either Villanova or Kansas and I know that's a tough question
1: it is a tough question and I, you know I always feel like I'm put on, put on the spot whatever these kind of questions but I go back to Michigan can't worry about the other team they've got to worry about themselves they've got to focus on accentuating their strengths again their their, their defense, their their three-point shooting, you know, they've got to maximize Xavier's system. If Morris Wagner is shut down, they've got to have someone else like, mm-hmm. you know, Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman or, you know, get their inside presence to, to step up as well. Michigan needs to really... This is where they've got to look internally now they can't worry about who's on the other side of the ball from them.
0: Well, I say this over and over but I hope Michigan fans realize at this point what a great coach we have in the program and John Beeline and this might be his finest coaching job and what has been a storied career Rachel.
1: Oh a- absolutely absolutely again you know uh, John Beeline's really he's maximized everything uh, about Michigan as well he, he came in it was I believe it was 2007-2008 2000, season because West Virginia had won the, the NIT with him if I, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly it seems like so long ago and you know he really you know he's been given he's been given the resources here he's maximized that he's done a great job of recruiting he's especially when you see about just all of the um all the bad things that have gone on in college basketball especially right now with the FBI investigation mm-hmm. you know uh, just, you know, the underbelly of college basketball, John Dillon's been able to maintain an upstanding program. And that says, that says, you know, a lot about him, a lot about the program, a lot about the support he's received at Michigan. And it's it's kind of funny. We had a piece on Land of Ten asking, you know, is Michigan now a basketball team and not a football school anymore? Is it a basketball school not a football school? And I'm like, well, um, I don't know about that, but I really think the basketball team and the hockey team, which has made the frozen floor, I think they've raised the bar for the football team. The football team's got a little bit to live up to
0: now. Well, absolutely. I mean, how often does it happen? I think the last time a school had uh, their hockey team in the Frozen Four and their basketball team in the Final Four was Michigan State. And that was several years ago. But what a huge mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. it is for Michigan sports fans. And if Michigan gets by Notre Dame in hockey on uh, Thursday, I'm not sure what time the national championship game is in hockey, but I think that's on Saturday night, isn't it? Um,
1: I'm let me I, I, I know in years past, I used to cover college hockey. Uh, they would deliberately schedule the Frozen Four the week after the NCAA uh, tournament is, as well. So let me just uh, double check that. Give me a second. Pulling that up on. We have the whole schedule on Land of Ten. Uh, the, the semifinals, I uh, believe it, are the following Thursday and Saturday, I believe. Yeah, April. It looks like, uh, yeah, April 5th. And April seventh, so we got So we've got a week between. We've got one week of of college, you know, college basketball. We've got the next week of, of college of college hockey. So the NCAA is strategically uh, spaces apart the, the championship so as not to draw attention away from one or the other. So um, yeah, April fifth is uh, Minnesota Duluth, Ohio State, uh, six p.m. and then nine thirty p.m. Uh, Michigan against Notre Dame as well. So uh, that's Thursday, April fifth, and I think that's really good for the Big Ten also to see what. Three Big Ten hockey teams, including, you know, dare I say Ohio State in the Frozen
0: Four. Yes, it's uh, like a Big Ten party, so that's fun. For some reason, I was thinking it was going to be this Thursday, but just as well. Uh, that way, we won't have to divide our attention come Saturday night, so good deal. So before we let mm-hmm. you get out of here, though, uh, Rachel, let me sneak a football question in at you. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes, yeah,
0: spring practice got underway last week. And, of course, for those of us who have been covering spring practice for a long time, we know you really don't get much out of it from a media perspective at Michigan you did when Rich Rod was there possibly but really not right now but what would you say right now is priority or job number 1 for Jim Harbaugh and his staff
1: well they've got to they really got to get the the offense in order particularly the offensive line the offensive line was uh, it remains it was it was in shambles last year. It remains a question mark going into the season, and we had written about this on Land of 10 last week. Uh, former Michigan NFL running back Chris Howard and I did a point counterpoint where I had said the quarterback, you know, that's the biggest priority with Shay Patterson, Brandon Peters, Dylan McCaffrey, and Joe Milton in line. Uh, he had said the offensive line, and uh, I, I'm going to say it's the offensive whole, but I also have to agree with Chris. You know, the offensive line has got to get. You know, together they've got a great new coach in Ed Warner, who was at Minnesota last year. He was the architect of some not just some great offensive lines at Ohio State and the offensive coordinator, but also, you know, he's had a history of developing offensive lines. He did wonders at Kansas. Mark Mangino couldn't say enough good things about Ed Warner's work when I talked to him a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, he he helped design the triple option uh, offensive lines that army. And at Air Force as well, and he's just a really, really great mind to have. And I think that I think that was the best hire for Michigan staff. And they had a lot of new coaches come in, Jim McElwain to coach the receivers, Al Washington on defense as well, uh, Sharon Moore to coach the tight end. I think the, the pickup of Ed Warner was uh, impressive and smart and just tactically, tactically strong. And I think that's going to be the biggest priority is really to – Uh, get that offensive line, you know, not just on the same page, but to optimize
0: those players. I agree with that. It's the offensive line is, as we all know, is where it begins and ends. And of course, fans' attention is on Shea Patterson. Will he be ruled Mm -hmm. eligible? What's going to happen there? I still don't know what's going on with that. Is there a date or is this whenever the NCAA feels like ruling?
1: Yeah, this is an NCAA call. We asked Jim Harbaugh about this on Friday when he came up to meet with the media. And he said, you know, he was asking, you know, is there a time? He's like, no, I have no update on that whatsoever. And I, I think especially with this in the NCAA's hands, likely now, uh, you know, I don't think people want to kind of upset the apple cart, you know, especially the, the the main players in it, you know, Shea Patterson's camp, uh, the lawyers, Michigan. I, I, I don't think anybody wants to, public to make a statement because, uh, you know, the the NCAA is a funny bunch. We, we can't pull out the crystal ball and say how – they're going to roll because sometimes there's some logic where, you know, people say, oh, it could happen, it's going happen, but then it doesn't, and it's the other way around. So I think there's a lot of just, you know, being tight-lipped just to, to be on the side of, of caution and hope that it does work out.
0: I guess the only thing that I worry about is and why I would have liked to have seen, you know, this taken care of before now is here you go into practice and you only have X amount of practices, 15 and you only have X amount of reps for your quarterback, so uh, you want a wide-open competition. So you really have three, four kids getting snaps or reps in spring practice. Does that mean until Jim Harbaugh and his staff find out, yes, he's eligible or no, he's not, does that mean Shea Patterson gets less reps than the other guys? And if he does, that, that's not a good thing.
1: I think Michigan will operate under Shea Patterson being in the competition. I think they want to get him. I think Shea Patterson also wants as many reps as possible, because uh, if if you look at a few of the uh, draft projections for 2019, he's projected as a first or a second round draft tag. I think wherever he goes, he, or whatever happens, he wants to uh, maximize that, if you will. So I don't see Michigan pulling back from giving him fewer reps or not. I think they're going to throw him in and operate under the uh, predicament that, you know, he's going to play, but not under the ncaa rule, if you understand what i'm saying you know they're just going to say hey look we're going to get you as much experience as we can and not worry about what happens
0: well we're going to have a lot of time to uh, discuss uh, michigan football as a practice as we said just got underway at the end of last week but right now it's a great week great two weeks for michigan with the final four this week the frozen four Next week doesn't happen that often, so as I tell fans, enjoy it. Our guest on this week's show has been Rachel Lindsey from Land of Ten, who does a great job covering Michigan athletics and is a first-time guest on the show. And Rachel, it's been great chatting with you, and we look forward to having you back soon. Well, thank you
1: so much for having me. I appreciate it, and everybody, go to landoften.com backslash Michigan and. Uh, Check out the work for myself and for my colleague, Kevin Goheen.
0: Great site, and we'll put the link up. And, and again, thanks for your time, Rachel. All
1: right,
0: thank you. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, the number two-seeded University of Michigan hockey team earned a 6-3 win over number four-seeded Boston University on Sunday in the NCAA Northeast Regional Final at the DCU Center. Michigan advances to the Frozen Four for the first time since 2011 and will take on Big Ten conference foe Notre Dame. Puck drop is scheduled for Thursday, April 5th at 9.30 p.m. and the game will be televised live on ESPN2. The Frozen Four appearance will be the 25th in program history, which ties Boston College for the most Frozen Four appearances. With the win, Michigan's all-time NCAA tournament record improves to 53-29. With inclement weather in the forecast, the No. 17-ranked University of Michigan softball team's series finale at Iowa, originally scheduled for 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, was canceled and it will not be made up. The Wolverines split two games against Iowa on Friday, after the teams moved Saturday's game up a day due to the poor weekend forecast, Michigan claimed the opener four to one on a third-inning three-run homer from senior Tara Blanco, Megan Bobian getting the win. But they could not overcome a deficit in the second game and fell four to three after its seventh-inning rally fell just short and with the bases loaded. While Michigan has experienced several delays and schedule modifications due to weather over the early-season tournament slate. The Iowa game is its first cancellation of the season. Michigan is 24-7 and will meet U of D Mercy on Wednesday at home and next weekend host Purdue in a three-game series. They are 24-7 overall, 1-1 one and one in Big Ten action. Baseball has a midweek game with Central Michigan and stays home Easter weekend, entertaining Delaware in a four-game series. They are 12-11 to start the season. Don't forget our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, please rate us or comment on the show. Thank you in advance. That will do it for another edition of the Michigan Man. We're in for an exciting weekend, and hopefully on Monday, Coach B and his team will get their one shining moment and a shot at the national championship. If anyone deserves to cut the nets down in San Antonio, it's Coach B. So let's enjoy the ride, and whatever happens, thanks for another great season of Michigan Hoops. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Happy Easter. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!